Good rise. I don't know who's here yet. Maybe no one. <laughs> no, okay, here we go. We got one. So, um, good dawning, good dawning, Sister Kashia. Good dawning to you. Uh, good, 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 good second day. You know, um, again, as always, I will that you're well rested. You know, you had some good visions. I know for some of our, our new people, uh, you're coming off of a fast. Thank you so much. You know, I wanted to know. <laughs> um, you know, for I know for a lot of our, our new people, um, you're coming off of your, your fast. <clears throat> or actually, you came off of the fast uh, seventh day evening. Yam, yam sabat. You know, peace Tanika. Peace to Plant OG. Peace Iris McCabe. Peace Baba Uchu. Peace Brother Vermont. You know? Yeah, yeah. I will that everyone was able to get through the fast. Whoever did it, you know, and whatever you fasted from, I know it may not have been, you know, peace Aloye. You know, I, I know it may not have been as hardcore as other people, but, you know, you do what you can. You know, even if you're just saying, I'm not going to drink soda. If you have a sugar addiction, peace system in there, you know, or, you know, I'm going to fast from social media, you know, but try to make it a dietary fast whenever you can. But, you know, anytime you can um, kind of discipline yourself, because that's what a lot of it is about. It's about sacrifice. But when you can discipline yourself and you and remind yourself that there's certain things that you can live without, it's always going to be powerful. You know, so whether it's I'm not checking social media for three days, you know, or watching any of my shows for three days or ingesting any sugar or smoking anything, you know, for three days or whatever it is, or for seven days or for 10 days or for 21 days or for 40 days or for one day, you know, but just kind of when you get to that, that place where you're, you know, consistently seeking to master the body with the mind, you're... You know, it's always going to be a good investment. Always. You're never going to come out of it like, you know, that was a waste of time. <laughs> Peace, Esme. You know, even if you don't have, you know, a big cathartic, you know, experience and light, you know, the sky cracks and light comes through the sky and you're like, <sighs> you know, you may not have a moment like that, but trust me, um, anytime you can master the brain, and you can master the body, it's a good investment. I promise you, because the majority of what peace Sherelle, the majority of what this journey is, is about mastering the mind. You know what I mean? So those little fasts along the way, peace them all, those little fasts along the way are um, powerful. You know, they're more powerful than you might imagine. But anyway, um, peace K Boogie, good dawning to you. Good dawning. You know, good rise. Yeah, yeah, good rise. You know? Um, you know, I play around with the time sometimes. I, like between 6.30 and 7. Sometimes see, like, you know, what, what the energy kind of feels best at. I like 6.30 because of the, the, the 9 energy. The 6 energy with the 3 energy. Giving us that 9 vibration, you know. But um, 7 is, is the God hour, so 7 is cool, too. You know, but I'm still playing around with the times a little bit. But, um, you know, I wanted to speak about something in, in regards to kind of a, um, 
I guess, a, a container for some of the things that we've been speaking about over these, I think it's 32 sessions now, 31, 32 sessions. I, I went and uh, looked the other day, or yesterday, excuse me, and just kind of looked at Peace Nikki Love. You know, I looked at, you know, how many sessions were done, and, you know, so it was about 30, 31, 32. So this kind of a container concept that I wanted to just share really quickly, quickly uh, with you, and that's the concept of vision. You know, um, when we're speaking about commanding the day and, you know, getting a hold of emotions and kind of like yesterday, we just spoke about the vibration of a grandparent to grandchild and, and some of the things that we can implement in that relationship for some of us who are grandchildren or who are grandparents or will be grandparents one day, you know, or even parents one day. And, and some of the things that we may have to speak to with our elders about, you know, like, hey, this is this is kind of how I want things to go. Well, you know, um, with all of those different things that we speak about, with all of those different components, peace, peace, brother. And there's a there's a there's a container component of all of those and its vision, because if you're seeking to command your day. And you're seeking to live out a purpose and you're, you're seeking to, to, to kind of get control of emotions and you're seeking to respond versus react and think before you do certain things. Ultimately, there has to be a vision that compels the, the justification for that level of work that you would put in. Like, no, I can't react because this is what I'm here to do. You know, this is this is what has been shown to me or that I see in a mind's eye. And one of the things that's important when we when we look at vision, it's not just based upon some great, you know, um, illustrious kind of purpose that we think peace India that we imagine that we have in our life and a far off thing. I, I envisioned myself riding on a camel and bringing water to people in the desert, things like that. You know, it, it's not necessarily just that, but your vision is actually it's it's. There's going to be multiple visions in different areas of your life, right? So you may have a vision for your children. You may have a vision for your relationship. You may have a vision for your career. You may have a body image vision. You know, you may, you may have a, a vision for your education. Peace, Ia, Aldere. You know, there's going to be so many different areas in your life where there's going to be a vision. So, you know, sometimes, you know, when we look at it like, you know, um, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. You know, I'm completely directionless. But there are, just like when you're setting goals, sometimes peace can thrasher. You know, um, I wonder if you change your, your name from Thrasher to Williams. I mean, from Williams to Thrasher, if you're the same Kenneth. But sometimes when we look at it, we, we're looking for this big overarching vision, which is always there. We just sometimes can't see it, but it's just like a goal. Sometimes we're like, I want to hit these huge benchmarks and we can't hit the huge benchmarks or we think we can't. So it's better to establish smaller goals along the way. For one, it builds up endurance, builds up self-esteem, builds up strength, and it eventually gets you to the larger one. Vision is the same way, right? Sometimes we may have this huge vision and we're like, man, that's, you know, I'm going to be speaking in stadiums or healing people by the thousands, whatever it is. It might be something huge. And we don't realize that there are moments along the way, there are visions along the way to achieve. And a lot of that always comes down to, as I've said before, obedience. 
you know, if if you can't be obedient to the smaller vision, why would I show you the larger vision, right? Because here's the thing. We have to be equipped to receive our vision. We have to be equipped to receive everything we want in life. And what I mean by that, everything that's personal and sacred and soulful, you know, is ours personally. Like everybody has a soul, a song soul, right? Um, there's a song that speaks in our soul. Everyone has a a, a, a word, pieces to Allison, just like everyone has a gift. Everyone has a talent. We all have that. But sometimes we're not in position to hear that song. Sometimes we're not in position to trust or have faith that that talent is present. You know, or when we see it manifest, we're not in a position to really value it because we have low self-esteem. You see, so every vision that you receive, whether it's larger or smaller, it comes at the behest of your preparedness for it. Peace, Anna Maria. The preparedness for it now determines if you get to see it. Because here's the important thing about a vision when it comes from the almighty versus a vision like a dream that you might just have that's, you know, just a dream. Or something that you may have conjured up within your own um, conscious mind, right? Um, a vision from the Almighty is synonymous with a promise from the Almighty, okay? Vision, promise, same exact thing, okay? So one of the things that sometimes people come to me and they say, you know, I had a vision, I'm supposed to be a healer, I'm supposed to save my people, you know, it's always the same, same ones. Healer, save my people, teach my people, right? And then I might say something like, you know, I say, okay, that's your vision, you know, because you don't, you don't, have, you never belittle anyone's thing, even if, like I said, everybody comes with the same exact one. Peace first, last peace, sister Moksha. Um, but it always follows with a with a with another statement right behind it. Peace, I say, I have this vision, but I don't know how I'm gonna get there. Right. So when you have a when you have a vision. I'm going to give you the, I'm going to show you the difference between when you have a divine vision versus when you're just imagining, you know, your, your own things, you know, and I'm not telling you not to imagine things, but I want you, want you to be able to differentiate between the two. So when you just have your own idea, the first thing you have to figure out how to do is how to get there, because that idea may not necessarily be supported by the soul. It's not supported by the creator. It's not a part of your original destiny. It's your, it's your idea. So the first thing you're going to be, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Or you're going to be having dreams that you can't interpret. I had a dream about this. I have a dream about that. And anyone who's ever asked me to interpret a dream, you know, the first thing I'm going to ask you is, what does it mean to you? I don't know. I don't know. Here's, here's the reality of it. That's There's a good chance that that's not a divine dream. It's, 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 not, as, it's not as special as you think. Um, and I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. Um, and the more we can recognize that, the more we will have divine dreams because we, you know, sometimes we're not holding space. We're not prepared to receive the better vision. We're not prepared to receive the actual promise because, you know, there's no space for it. There's no room for it because of what we've puffed ourselves up to imagine we are. So again, if I have an idea and it's all, it's all me, then it becomes my problem. My vision becomes my problem. My vision becomes my stress point. You know, it's the thing that keeps me up at night where I'm analyzing and I'm thinking and I, and I can't rest peacefully. And, you know, I, 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 um, I wake up thinking about it and, you know, I'm stressed out because time is going by and I'm saying, man, I'm, you know, 
nothing has happened yet and I still have this vision, I still have this idea, but nothing is happening, nothing is happening, right? Um, because again, it becomes my problem. Now, when a divine gives you a vision, it's the divine's problem. It's not your problem. You ain't got to worry about it. You know, if, if, if the creator says, this is what I, this is what you're going to do, or shows you this is what you're going to do, okay, let thy will be done. <laughs> you know, like, all right. You know, so I'll just follow whatever steps, peace pad mini 144, I'll just follow the requisite steps to get to that point. But I don't actually have to now figure out how to make it happen because it's not my vision. It's your vision. So if it's your vision, then you're going to have the steps to, to fulfill it. But all you're doing is showing me the vision. You're not holding a carrot over my head. You're not titillating me with the idea of, ooh, you, I can give you this, I can give you that. There's, there's another entity that does that. What you're doing is you're making a promise to me. You see, so if a vision one day is, you know, you're going to lead a group of people to Colorado Rockies. And they're going to go to the Colorado Rockies and, you know, they're going to receive all kind of mental healing and, and emotional healing. And this is going to happen every year, right? Peace, Janelle speaks. Let's, I'm just using that as an example. I'm not saying that's a vision. Um, if that is a divine vision, I just have to wait and follow the steps. I don't have to figure out, oh, damn, I ain't, we're in the Colorado Rockies and you know, who's going to want to travel all the way across the country, go to college and what mental healing, emotional healing. How am I going to do that? I don't know how to do any of that. And I don't, I don't even like being around people. I don't even, I'm not a people person or this, that, you know, there could be all these things that go through your mind, but when it's a creator's vision, all right, that's the creator's problem. Yeah. The creator said, I'm supposed to go to Colorado Rockies and do it. That's, uh, you know, I, I ain't got to worry about that. <laughs> I just have to be in alignment. I just got to stay in the frequency. That's the only job I have to do. I just got to show up. As long as I show up, I'm good. You see? So when it's not a vision like that, and sometimes it's these grandiose, distracting visions of peace, Cassie, and sometimes that vision is based upon what we want to have with another person. You know, I want this person to be my man. I want this person to be my woman. I want to marry this person. I want to have a child with this person. And it's not a part of, it's not a divine relationship. It's not a part of a vision that the creator has given to you. You know, I'll give you an example. Peace, peace, maroon beauty, 21, peace. Um, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of concern and peace, James Gadabaki, grand rising to you. There's a lot of concern and angst around mating for a lot of people, you know, like, when will my spouse come? You know, when, when, when will my bride come? When will my groom come? Um, will it ever happen? You know, you go through the whole list of, of um, things that people ask themselves. And then sometimes people come to me, chief, I need to get a reading. Um, next year, will I meet the person I'm supposed to be with? I'm, you know, I'm, I got questions about my love life. And usually Cause I'm honestly, I'm kind of beyond those questions at this point, you know? Um, so usually I'll be like, well, do you want to meet the person that you're going to meet? You know, because a seer or a diviner can tell you anything, but are you ready to receive that person? Let me tell you something. 10 times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, it never fails. 
when someone asks that question, I want to get a reading if I'm going to meet the person who's to be with him. They're never ready to actually be with anybody. You just ask a couple of questions and then you'll, they're not, they're nowhere near ready for a relationship. Well, this is why you haven't met anybody. That's like, you didn't have to get a reading for that. You know, you're not going to receive that promise until you're ready to receive the promise. And once you receive the promise, remember promise and vision are synonymous. You don't have to go to a diviner because you already got the divine vision. I'm, I was promised this person in, you know, 2020 or 2021, whatever it is. You know why even in 2020, a lot of people's lives were so upturned, not just because of the pandemic and everything that happened, but because so many people set goals around 2020 because of the year of vision, 2020 vision, you know, and, and peace, Shakira, peace, Shamless, Shamels, I think, Shamels. If not, feel free to correct me. But so many people had set goals around just, you know, a, a catchy phrase, a catchphrase, 2020 vision. I'm going to see everything clear, you know. And when other things happened that were a part of a greater divine plan, yeah, then it just, they went berserk because the vision that they have based off their own catchphrase or something they may have saw on the meme or something like that, they now were required to support, but it wasn't supported by the cosmos. You see, so it's the same thing in a relationship when you're saying, well, when, when will my lover come? Where will my this come? Where will my that come? They will come when you're ready to receive the, 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 the promise. You'll get the vision of that. So a lot of times, um, you know, when people are like wondering, you know, I, I had that incident happen the other day. Somebody called for a reading. They met someone in a relationship or they're starting a relationship and wanted me to do a reading on the person. And let me just put this out there for all of you listening. I don't do those readings. All right. So I had to, and the person was cool about it. I said, no, nah, that's not what I do, you know, because it's very disrespectful to the relationship. Peace, Mama Marva. It's very disrespectful. Someone is presenting themselves to you and you're vibing with them and you're talking to them and then you're going behind their back and you're, you're, you're not listening to what they're saying. You're not, you're not even trying to make a connection. You're trying to see, well, is this person for me? What's, what's their character? What are they like? Don't do that. And I know a lot of people advise you to do that. Get a reading on them. Get a read. Don't do that. It's so disrespectful. It's so like, do you have relationship skills? Read a relationship book. Do that. <laughs> read a book on, on marriage. Read a book on even human psychology or sociology. Read that, but don't go behind someone's back and get a reading on them. If you're in a relationship, there has to be some level. In, you're not going to fully trust a person, but there has to be the way you build trust is that there has to be small steps of trust along the way. Right? So I had told the person, nah, I'm not. Mm -mm, because it's disrespectful to that person. Is disrespectful to the possible relationship. Peace, brother Anwar. And it's intrusive and it's invasive. I'm reading on someone I don't even know. It's not like the two of you came to me, which I've done those readings, and say, yeah, we've been vibing for a while, whatever we'd like to get at either. Sometimes just a relationship consultation, some of the things we should be mindful of, or, you know, or to read. That's, that's different. But just to in invade into somebody's space this person may think that people who do readings are devil worshipers and you just went and got a reading on so now i'm invading into their aura and they might consider me a devil worshiper how do you think that relationship is really going to work out especially when that level of trust you the type of person that'll be going through their phone later and stuff like that you know 
So that's just a side thing. Don't don't do that, you know. But certainly don't ask me to do that because I don't do it. Um, now, here's here's the thing. Um, somebody's finger slip and hit the thumb down. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Peace, Baba Haru. <laughs> you know. Um, so here's his piece, piece is Deidre, you know, so, so here's the other thing, man. Um, when it comes to your vision versus the divine vision, a lot of times, just like in that relationship with the relationship. And like I said, what, what I was saying, I'm going to hit the second point or the third point. I'm not counting. Um, the creator will give you a vision for who you're supposed to be with a real vision, which is a promise. You see, so like sometimes you may meet someone first time and you, and, and you may have a, a, a dream or, you know, or you may know right in that moment, that's my husband. That's, that's the person I'm, I'm going to marry, you know, or sometimes for men, it's like, I'm going to marry that woman. That's, that's who I'm going to marry. Right. Honestly, that's how it really happens. Believe it or not, that's that's there's not enough scheming and, and finagling that you can do to make that that happen. You know, um, when it's not a divine vision is when you have to do all that finagling. You see, that's when you have to do all that finagling because you end up having to step over people. You'll meet someone and they're already with someone. Right. Let's say if you meet a woman and, you know, she's she already has a man, but you just. You're just so, um, you know, fancified by her. You're just so fond of her. And you start, you, you like David and Bathsheba, you start figuring out ways to separate her from her mate or to, or to throw salt in his game and, you know, um, insult him and, and, you know, throw little shots and things like that to start to break down her image and her perception that she has of him. Now, you only have to do all of that when you're not following the divine vision. You see, so now you got to do all this extra work. Now I'm giving you the example of a relationship, but it's the same exact thing in any, if it's your career, it's the same thing. Remember, there's a vision for everything, for your career, for your family, for your body, for your food, for your, you know, your children. It's, you could just, you could just keep going. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, David was cold as ice, brother Antonio, but so was Bathsheba. I mean, she was she was banging out with him already, <laughs> you know. So she she had committed adultery. Plus, she was on the roof bathing naked. She knew where the king's palace was, you know. There's there's a lot of little nuances to that story, you know. what I mean, but she's over there, you know, bucket naked, and knows that the king can can see her from where from where she's at, um, you know. But anyway, I won't get off into that. But um. So, you know, the, the thing about it is the finagling and the hustling and, and the tricks that have to be kind of enacted and, and, and played when you're not following the actual promise. That's the key. That's, that's what I'm saying. The creator gives all of us a promise. We all get a promise. And sometimes we're not cool with time frame of the promise so that's when we start to finagle sometimes we have to sit around and we have to sit around and we have to sit around 
and there's a there's a divine timing and there's a divine rhythm to things. But we're given that promise early on to not only know that there's promise in our life, but also to keep us from doing something that we're not supposed to do because we have a vision. I got no, I've been given a vision. I can't go over there and do that with you or I can't move there with you or um, this is not the type of man that I that I'm going to marry or the type of woman that I'm going to marry based on this vision that's been given. Or it's the same thing in a career. You have a vision for your career. You know, hey, I'm going to work for a company for five, t- five years, 10 years, and then I'm going to strike out on my own and I'm going to hang my own shingle and do my own thing. And then the, the nine year mark comes or the four year mark comes and you're offered a position that would further cement you into that environment. And you say, well, man, if the money is good and you know, I mean, I'm, I got all this money in my 401k and I like to keep building that. And if I stay just a little bit longer, peace, Ali Isha, if I stay just a little bit longer, this is what will happen and that will happen. Even though you've been given a promise, you've been given a vision, you've been given a promise, but now you start to create your own vision. Yeah, I know. I know the creator gave me a vision in 10 years. I'm going to go do my own thing. But you know what? I can still do that. But I can stay here for 15 years. If I once I get 15 years in, this is what my pension will look like, or this is what, or I can, or they'll send me back to school, and I can go back to school for another four or five years, you know, and and, and get whatever degrees or certifications that I want if I stay a little bit longer. You see what I'm saying? So now what happens is you're now functioning as Satan, because what does Satan do? Satan, the archetype or set of of materialism. You know, you have archetypes of materialism and then you have like Haru. Now, what is Haru? Haru means light, that which is above or heaven. So that's an archetype of, of the unseen or the untouchable. You know, you can't really squeeze light like that. And then, you know, Set, his uncle being an archetype of what's material. And Set will always seek or Satan will always seek to create a physical representation of a spiritual construct. So you get a spiritual construct of a vision, which is a promise. Peace, Baba Obadina. You get a you get a physical construct or a promise of what should be occurring in your life, and then what you start doing is you start creating a material or an earthly construct of the same vision. But the problem is, it's not going to be imbued with the coordination and and the, the diagram of of the heavens. It's going to be imbued with your own desires because you're now creating and you're constructing from the root chakra, whereas the vision that you were given was given to you from the crown. Of course, you can't see your crown. You know, I I could see maybe the some of the top of my head only because I'm looking at a camera right now. But, you know, you can't see all of that vision that's up there, but you can control the one that's on the ground. So now the one that's on the ground that you create for yourself is only going to be sealing in its capacity and its and its power by the sealing of your own awareness, ability and the trust and faith that you have in yourself. You see, so that's how a lot of times we'll we'll get a divine promise, a divine vision and then what we end up doing is we want to shape it the way we want it to go you see and once we start looking to shape it the way we want it to go which is a satanic act we shape it the way we want it to go now it now it becomes our problems and I, and we make something our problem that was never our problem to begin with you see that was never that was never our issue if if your vision is imbued with the creator's plan not only for your life, but the creator's plan for life. Honestly, it's not as difficult to manifest it. The The difficult part and what you need to save your energy for is the attacks along the way. <laughs> you know, I look at my own experience. 
you know, a lot of you think, and I'm not going to say that you don't go through things, but you go through things. This is happening and taxes and, you know, family members are dying. Children are sick, acting up. You're getting divorces and things like that. A lot of you are going through that and you tune in and you listen to me and you call me for consultation and you call me for um, readings and things like that. Right. So you acknowledge that I probably have a deeper connection with the creator or more advanced connection. And I may be moving as a more advanced or cultivated person on the planet. So imagine what my attacks look like. Now I'm, I'm saying that not to big myself up. So I'm using my words very carefully, right? Because more cultivated means that you can get cultivated too. It's just got to do more of it. Right? So not saying that I have anything different than what anyone else has, but imagine what my attacks look like because I'm going deeper into that vision. So the deeper you go into the vision, the more that you say, I'm going to have faith in this divine promise the stronger the attacks are to deter you from believing or having faith because they can work hand in hand and that promise you see. So there'll be all kind of agents that will come along the way. Like you're, 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 you know, you're driving your car and you're on the road and you're in your lane. And then it's like, you know, it's, it's demolition derby all of a sudden you got two monster trucks that come on the side of you and they're trying to knock you off the road and hitting you this way and hitting you that, that way. And, you know, you can get distracted and say, oh, you want to hit my car? Like, now, let me jump out this car. Let me get go in my trunk and get up and get my gun out and, you know, start doing this, doing that. But now, now you're functioning off your vision and the promise and the threat of what you're going to do to someone else. As opposed to saying, I have a vision. I already know. I already know the attacks are coming. And, you know, we have an idea of what's called grace under fire or grace under pressure, right? So the job of those of us who are deeper into this and who are presenting information and who are educating people um, is to be graceful. So we go through all kinds of attacks. Don't think I don't go through them. I go through attacks. I, I go through issues. You know, I get people every single day. <laughs> you know, you got to understand just even doing segments like this, you expose yourself to things. People people always want to say all kind of crazy, stupid things once you put yourself out there and say, hey, this this is why a lot of you don't comment. This is why there's 55 people on the video, but only 26 likes. You're afraid to even hit the like button, right? Now, I'm not asking you for likes. I, I know why you don't do it, you know? And a part of that is because, like, I don't want to be that invested in this because I know once I commit myself to this, then that's when, when the attacks come. You see, that's when things change. I mean, one time we were in the barbershop. That's when I used to cut hair. And Heavy D was in the shop. He was an artist um, back in the days. He, he transitioned. Um, and peace, Ia Andrine. And, and we were talking about God and religion. And um, one of the barbers at that time, he had just gotten saved. He had just become a Christian. He's still a Christian. He's a pastor now, actually. Um, so we're going back. Oh, man, it was a long time ago, right? Um, and Hev says, man, I, I don't read that book. You know, there was a Bible on the counter, you know, and he was like, man, I don't read that book. And the guy was like, I'm not, you know, he was like, why? And he said, because that book changes people's lives. 
And right now, in the, in the business that I'm in, in the career, I don't I don't have the space to be changed like that yet. You see, now this was around the time. What, what song was out? I think "Is It Good to You" was out around that time. Well, that might have been right after that. But he had this was he was hot at this time, you know. Um, so the thing is, that's why some people will invest less. Right. Because of the change that will come once that change comes or that that commitment is made, it's an it's a declaration of war. Now the attacks come and some, you know, so that's what I say, you know, um, if I share with you some of the things that people, the little demons, goblins and, and gremlins and 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 individuals who have no ability to create and manifest at the level that I do, how they try to attack. It's, it's a daily thing on an almost a daily basis because, but they won't, they can't create what I create. They won't say, oh, he said this in the video, I'm going to thumbs it down and I'm going to say something slick to him, whatever. And then I'm going to go make my own video showing a better idea or a greater idea because they can't do that. All they can do is steal. So they may, they can only react and retort to what it is that a God is saying. Right. Because that is the relationship between the material and the unseen. So if I'm coming and I'm bringing divine unseen values, then the satanic aspect is going to respond with root chakra energy. That's what it's supposed to do. You see, so there's always going to be. So one of the ways, you know, when when someone is stealing your stuff or sometimes literally stealing your stuff. Um, when someone is stealing your stuff and unable to generate what you have, sometimes you get that in relationships. Sometimes you, you, you lay with a person and you, and you ingest such divine, beautiful spirit and energy with them that you create a child or maybe you create a business. I've seen this so many times you create a child or you create a business and they know within themselves that that type of child or that type of business idea, whatever it is that they don't have the genetics for it. They don't they don't have the the spiritual genetics to recreate something like that. So they steal yours, whether they steal your child and, and convert it, you know, into something lower or something lesser. So you may have had a divine vision for your child. Oh, this child is going to be this and, and going to be completely entrenched and con completely saturated with the will of the creator. Peace, Baba Logan. The other person now comes and says, no, this child is going to be completely saturated with society, with the world. I'm going to, you know, put this child in Jack and Jill's and, <laughs> you know, and things like that. But they're going to be completely saturated with what the world is, as opposed to you saying, I want them to be completely saturated with what heaven is. See, that's the, the, the bounce, the reactive relationship between, you know, the almighty and the, the, the adversary or the accuser. So the more you dive into that promise or slash vision, again, it's, this is similar to like when I wrote the book, The 14 Keys, and I said, you know, look at the word keys and the word principles as synonymous with one another. You know, 14 principles, 14 keys. You need principles in order to open up these different doors of the, of the cosmos. You got to understand certain principles. Well, you have to see a divine vision as a divine promise. It's, it's the same thing. Right. So when you start to move closer into that and you you say, OK, you know what? You promised me something. And I have faith in that promise. I, I, I you're going to deliver. I know you're going to deliver. I know you are. Right. That now starts to change you at an atomic level. 
because you now you start to slowly and gradually become the person that's going to receive that promise you see so in a relationship let's say you have a vision you want to steal somebody's wife and you make the decision i can get that person's wife so you start to become the person that can achieve that particular goal but the problem is is that it's a material goal so it's static it's not growing right so what happens is once you become the person that can steal that person's wife and the wife says, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to run along with you. Or still that person's husband, I'm going to go along with you. You now have to, you have to maintain that consistent persona and that persistent energy because that's the energy that got you there. But if it's a divine energy, or it's a divine promise, or it's a divine persona, it will grow as the vision unfolds itself. So that's why a lot of times somebody will steal somebody's spouse and the relationship doesn't last long. And we'll say, oh, because it was built on something that was crooked. Yeah, that's part of it. But also because good dawn and precious mom, the precious mom, you know, um, but also because it wasn't imbued with with the divine energy to allow it to grow with the with the largeness and the grandness of the vision. So it only becomes a season. Sometimes friendships are like that. You know, you may become friends with someone because you hate somebody else. <laughs> you hate them. I hate them, too. You know, so now your your friendship is, is based around hate. It's based around venom. And then so you become that persona of what you envision maybe for that person. I want to see them dead. I want to see them dead, too. You know, but then as the world grows and as that person grows and the situation begins to evolve itself you have to maintain that venom somehow you know that's like situation between you that wasn't that's just a chair <laughs> um i actually got to stop sitting in this chair too I, there's a certain chair i sit in when i when i do these these segments but it's actually an antique chair I, it's, it's worth money i gotta stop sitting in it i gotta sit in something else but um such a strong, sturdy chair. They don't make them like this anymore. But anyway, so what I was going to say was that, you know, you may find situations sometimes where you might get into it a certain way with a person, right? And you'll run into them years later, or it could be months later, whatever, and they're still holding that venom. And you're like, what? Like, that was so long ago. You still on that? Because they've now crystallized themselves in the mechanisms of their own vision. It wasn't a divine thing. You see, I can go to war with someone because the creator tells me to go to war with them. But at the end of the day, it's not my problem. So I'm not holding malice in my part in my heart for that person. I don't even have anything really against that person. But the creator said, this is what I need to do. That's what I'm going to do. That's what it is. If the creator don't like you, then I'm not feeling you. If the creator says, chop your head, I'm going to chop your head. Right. But that vision is going to evolve because after I do that, then now the promise opens up to to the next the next stage. Okay, now that you've done that, now it's time to do this. Now it's time. So I'm growing because I'm being obedient to each stage of the promise. So now a larger part of the promise is opening up to me. But if I decided to invest or inject interject my own plan at the very beginning into whatever I was told to do, whatever whatever it was, chances are I'm going to get stuck in that space. This is why you'll have people who will get married, get divorced, 30 years ago by, still can't stand each other. Because they base their relationships 
on finaglings and different machinations of how I'm going to get this person, how I'm going to get this person. I'm going to have sex with this person and, and it's going to be like this and they're going to, I'm going to take their mind here. I'm going to show this person all this money I have and it's going to, it's going to bedazzle them. I'm going to cook this kind of meal and it's going to bedazzle them. You see? So, so what happens is when there's a split, it feels like so much was lost because you invested so much in this, in this, this finagling. And that's the first things you're going to cite. I cooked every night. I did this. I did that. I did that. But did you do that because that was a part of a divine promise of what you were supposed to do because you were receiving a person you were promised? Or did you do that because you were trying to manipulate something that you wanted? You see, and that's what will keep you stagnant and static. And sometimes that's a difficult thing. It's sometimes it's tough to let go. It's tough to say, you know what? I'm, I'm just not upset about that anymore. Like I've grown past that. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me the same way it did. Or this vision and this promise that I'm functioning on is so huge and it requires so much of my energy and so much of my time that, um, um, peace Haitian queen, um, Ali Isha, I actually gave that, that guidance earlier on in the video before you came in how you know the difference between the divine vision and your own personal. Um, so it's, it's, I don't know what, what time mark, but it's, it's in the beginning. But, um, you know, like I said, sometimes you get caught up in that, you know, you and, and you get stuck in that because you're trying to perpetuate your own vision, your own thing. And, you know, when I speak about, and I still haven't done the video yet, but, you know, morals over magic, that's where people get caught up in, in ideas of witchcraft and warlockism and not in a good way, you see, because I want what I want when I want it. Well, what if, if, if the almighty gives me a promise of what I'm supposed to have and what I'm supposed to be to have it, and I decide that I don't want to do that, if the almighty, if I say, man, I, I, I want a Claire Huxtable, you know, or I want a, a, a Vivian Banks. You know, I want a woman like that in my life. I want a, a classy woman who's composed and, you know, you just go through the list. Or maybe you want a Harriet. You want a Harriet from Family Matters. You know, I want a warm woman who, you know, I never watched Family Matters. So I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, you just go through. I watched a couple of episodes. I didn't like how they did Urkel because that show was so, again, destructive to so destructive to the community oh my goodness i don't want to get off on that one so destructive steve urkel was an alpha male see a lot of y'all y'all think alpha men are, are big rude muscular arrogant people steve urkel was actually it, you really want to understand what an alpha male is it was urkel not stefan you know but it was Ur, it was urkel and they they just they told i mean this dude made his own robot when this dude saw a woman that he wanted, he would just go after her. You know, he was bold. He just walk in the house. Boom. Hey, Carl. You know, he was an alpha male. He was brilliant. You know what I mean? He's a genius. But anyway, I didn't get, get all up into that, man. Th then when he found a woman who really wanted him, he this is the one who really wants him for the one who's been playing him for like 10 years. Who honestly didn't even look as good as the one who really wanted him. You know, but that's a whole nother thing. But yeah, that's that show was so doggone destructive, you know. Um, and then you had the two fathers between Fresh Prince and um, Family Matters, two fathers who 
I'm sure in their personal life were not interested in being married to women. We'll just say it like that. Peace, peace, Miss Cindy Jones. So, you know, kind of, you know, all of that stuff is done intentionally. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like 227 where, um, you know, the father of 227, like he was a man. You know what I mean? He, he, construction work, but he was a man, you know? But anyway, so the point I'm saying is you, you might, yeah, the Fresh Prince dad, he was just, let me, I'm not gonna, Uncle Phil, you know, but, um, you know, peace, wild girl. So you may say, that's what I want, though. I, I want, I want me an Uncle Phil type of husband, or I want a, you know, I don't know, Cliff Huxtable type of husband, you know, who listens to jazz and wears $400 sweaters every day and, you know, um, was a old, was a track star, and, you know, whatever it is, peace, Baba Hutu. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> um, so you may want that, but is that a part of the promise? You see, so you may now start to design yourself to be that. Because like I said the other day, when you're asking for things, the best way to ask for them is say, hey, this is what I want. And if you want it too, can I get it? I want a Claire Huxtable. Uh, let's just say, for instance, I want a Claire Huxtable. If if I'm supposed to have a Claire Huxtable, can I get that? Now, that's when the promise or the vision will come. Yes, you can get it. This is the promise I'll make for you that you will get it. Now, we call that a vision. We'll say, oh, I was sleeping last night and I had a vision. I was in the, and I was with Claire Huxtable. I was, you know, we were out at dinner or we went dancing or, you know, whatever, you know, you would do with your Claire Huxtable, right? That's a promise, you see? And the distinguisher is, you know, what I spoke about earlier. But again, if you have to finagle and start to become something, if, let's say, for instance, if the creator gives you a career vision and that career vision is you're going to be peace, Rikasha. That career vision is you're going to be a, um, you're going to design sets for plays, you know, or for movies. You're going to be a set designer. That's, that's, that's the vision. That's what you're supposed to be. And, but you want Claire Huxtable or you want Cliff Huxtable and you say, well, to get Claire Huxtable, I got to be a doctor to be Cliff, to get Cliff Huxtable. I have to be a lawyer. Even though the, the creator told you to be a set designer, the creator said, I'm going to give you Cliff, or I'm going to give you Claire, or I'm going to give you Vivian, or I'm going to give you um, Phil, Philip, right? I'm, I'm going to give you that. And in addition to that, I want you to be a set designer. That's what, that's what you're here to be. But you're saying, that doesn't make sense. Because how could I get Cliff, Claire, Vivian, or Phillips and not have the careers that they, that they had? Or whatever it is, right? You just, whatever it is. So you say... You, you start to lean to the vision that appeals to you the most. Obviously, it's going to be the, the sexual one, the one that, that secures your, your sexual longevity, right? So then now you say, well, forget the set designer thing. I'm going to be this because I'm... And then why do you want to be a doctor? Why do you want to be a lawyer? Because I want to help people. You'll start to infuse your own sense of honor and consciousness into your own plan. Now you knocked all of the pieces out of whack. And then you're wondering, I went to school, I did everything, I did a, I'm, I'm Claire Huxtable now. Why can't I find Cliff? Cliff was already promised to you in the vision. And the other visions were also already promised to you. But they're like puzzle pieces. You can't mix and match them however you feel like based on your own lower chakra design or, or, or desires. Because in that, you become Satan. 
I want it when I want it, and I want it how I want it. So then what does the Almighty do? Okay, do it. Do your thing. All right? Because isn't that what Lucifer is told? Oh, you want to soar before? Uh, oh, okay. Okay. You want to soar over my throne? And, huh. <laughs> okay. Well, do your thing. Go on down there to the dust and do your thing. You know, see if you can build yourself back up. I'm going to I'm going to drop you into a pool of melanin. Lucifer light. You going to go and remember Lucifer was he was the, the, the singer, you know? He was like you know, um, Marvin Gaye and Sam Cooke and Aretha Franklin. You know, he was singing. He was he was music. Kind of like, you know, Yehuda, praise. So I'm going to drop you down into the melanin and you work your way back up seeing how you're so big and bad. That's how that works, right? So that's why a lot of times it feels like we're doing the right thing. It feels like, feels like, feels like we're doing the right thing. May not necessarily know that we're doing the right thing. Grow. And things are still not popping off for us. And it's because we've been given a promise that we've decided to, to sidestep. That's that's the issue. You see? And, he's up, and then what happens is we're only holding space for minor visions. You see? We're, we're only holding space for, you know, um, I, I had a vision. I'm going to be a healer and I'm going to be a reader and I'm going to be a diviner and I'm going to be this and all that. And that's, you know, a lot of times, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, grow. That's small stakes. That's small stuff. And meanwhile, while the collective divine consciousness of the divine people is growing and evolving be, beyond that, you still want to do the little small stuff. This is where the witchcraft and the warlockism comes in in a way that's not a stepping stone, but in a way that's a that's a. Uh, a lodestone tied around your neck as you're, you're sinking down into the ocean. You see? Because you think there's no vision for your life. You think that there's no promise for your life. So I'm going to make my own vision. I'm going to make my own promise. I'm going to mix some of this and I'm going to get some tobacco and I'm going to get some headphone and I'm going to get some some rum and and I'm going to get a little bit of blood and do this and do that. And there's a full moon that's coming in and I'm going to make my own, my own way. I'm going to make my own path. And then the, the divine says, okay, go ahead. Let's see what you can come up with and what you're going to find because you're, you're now trapped into a material way of thinking. The only thing that you're going to keep coming up with is death. See, know thyself, old man. Because in knowing thyself, ye shall know God. Inscribed in tombs and commit and commit. Well, because people only say the know thyself part. Why don't they ever add the old man? That's the most important part of the whole thing. No, you'll know God. On, eh, okay, cool. That's know thyself, old man. Because you're the one that's getting older. I'm eternal. <laughs> you're the one that that has a shelf life. You see, peace, kid, glide. Good dawn into you. You're the one with a shelf life, not me. So as you age and as you get more cemented in your ego, you want to know yourself. What is yourself? That eternal part of you that doesn't change. Because in knowing that, that eternal part that doesn't change, you will know the almighty. You see, but you get stuck in what you can do. 
I'm a powerful witch. I'm a bruja. I'm a warlock. I can, I'm a Ianifa. I'm a Babalao. I'll do this. I'm an Iwo. I'm Omo Ogun. You stuck. You stuck. Meanwhile, everyone else is getting smarter. You speak to Anu people. Most people came into Anu because they liked the way I broke down Orisha and spiritual sciences and African traditional religions. Peace, Brittany. You know, and Kemet and, and, and Kabbalah and things like that. So that's what how they came in. Then once they came in, they said, well, I want to learn about Orisha. I want to, nah, you ain't gonna, you're going to learn about everything. You're going to learn about everything. You know, and I get emails like that at least two to three times as strong. Chief, do you have any any classes just on EFA? No. No classes just on EFA. I actually have a book that I wrote on shell divination and never put it out. Um I got I got a lot of books that never put out. Why? Because I grow I grow past them. Um and not past the sciences themselves, but I grow past those visions. Because some of those visions were my visions. They weren't divine visions. You know, so maybe at one point I was like, yeah, people need to know this. People need to learn this. People need to learn that, learn that, learn that, learn that. And then I sit back with 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 celestial repose. And then as I'm sitting back and looking over the planet, I'm saying, mm -mm, that's not where we're at. Because now I'm having team meetings. See, one of the things that you want to have in your life, let me give you something really, really valuable if you can do it and you should do it. You want to have a vision team. You know, when you when you are surrounding yourself with people who you have an intimate enough connection with where you can reveal your vision to them and they can reveal their vision to you, it will start to open up things in your spirit and in your psyche that that are very difficult to open up by yourself. You know, so for me... I have like a, a celestial mastermind team. So I'm sitting with my celestial mastermind team and they're like, no, man, the collective consciousness of the world is moving beyond parlor tricks and magic tricks and playing with little stuff on the ground. And though people think that they're winning doing that stuff, it's only because they have small vision. You see, which we try to bring you up here to the big leagues. So that's why it's good to be around. Like I always say, if you're around, you know, nine broke people, you're going to be the 10th. Peace, Jai Hudson. Good morning. Peace and blessings to you, too. You see, if, if you're around nine divinely envisioned and, and energies moving on that vision, you're going to be the 10th. You see, so when you find yourself or you create a vision group and you say, OK, this is what I what I you know, the vision I received. And you can be open about it. And this is the vision I received. Okay, cool. Let's hold each other accountable for these divine and celestial visions and these celestial promises. Because at the end of the day, if, if they're celestial, the energy that promised you is the same energy that promised me. You see, so it, it exists within all of us. So when I'm sitting with my vision group and I'm like, nah, man, we gotta, we gotta step it up. You know, because the spirit of the world is stepping it up. And I know some people may get offended by that, and, I, and I, that's not my intent to, to offend. So let's see. Truth can be very offensive to individuals who are old. Now, what does that mean when I say old? Like, know thyself, old man. People who have crustated themselves in an egoic identity. Because the ego doesn't want truth, because truth starts to, to, to knock the, the covering off the ego. Truth is like light, and it's very similar to 
you know, um, we'll just say that truth is light, and the light, like 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 ultraviolet right light, starts to disinfect things and get those old ideas and those old concepts out of you. And sometimes it doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel comfortable to take a, a decontamination shower. But we have to decontaminate ourselves from old ideas that are keeping us locked into personal visions that yield nothing but but earthly gain. And then eventually you start to see that wears out because it's not an infinite source. You know, like when people say sometimes, man, chief, you give a lot. You know how much I could give? I could sit on here and, and talk for 72 hours straight and still not be out of information. Why? Because it's not coming from my earthly mind. That my earthly mind, you probably get about, about 15 minutes. <laughs> Peace, Christian. You know, that's finite. But I'm pulling from a place with boundless resources. You see? So as we're pulling and as we're learning, when I learn Ifa, or I learn shell divination, I, I learn how to deal with Obi, and I, and I learn Kabbalah, and I learn things about the Sangoma system, and I learn things about Congolese system, and I learn, you know, from my, from my Lenape elders and my Cree elders, and I learn native systems, and, and I learn, you know, the dream time of the Aborigines, and all of these different sciences that I've dived into, and I've learned now the universe is, peace John Jr., the universe is doing this. And it's saying, okay, cool. You fulfilled that promise. Now let's go to the next step of the promise. But maybe there's something on those earlier steps that I fell in love with. Maybe, and I'm not trying to be offensive. Trust me. I'm not. Please, just believe that. But maybe I fell in love with hoodoo. I love taking little oils and herbs and pieces of rag and wrapping them around things. Maybe I fell in love with that. And I want to take that with me throughout the cosmos. Or maybe I fell in love with astrology. Or maybe I fell in love with numerology. Or maybe I fell in love with, with reading tea leaves. You know, or reading tarot. And and the cosmos is like, you want to? are you up here with us? Or are you on the tail end of the snake? Make up your mind. And, you know, peace, Michelle. And I say that, no, I'm on the head. I'm on the head. All right, well, if you're going to be on the head... That that medicine bag, we you gotta clean some of that stuff out. Some of that stuff you don't need up here. You see, you don't need the hoodoo and the numerology and the astrology. You don't need that up here. And if you're gonna teach, if you're gonna continue to pursue your promise or your vision, me as an educator was a promise that I received from the Almighty. You see, like I said, promise and vision are synonymous. So if you're going to act on this promise and have faith in this promise, then you're going to have to educate, not regurgitate. Because as we grow, if we're all learning things and we're getting smarter and we're building on the shoulders of what our ancestors gave us, then that means everything is evolving. So that means that we, the stuff that we were doing yesterday doesn't work today because we're reframing the universe with that, with that new intelligence. You see, the stuff that... You could get away with in first grade. You can't get away with in your freshman year of college. It's it, the same because you, you've now grasped the new rules apply, and and there's a new way to get things done. You see, and if I was an instructor, if I was a first grade teacher or a first grade educator, and then now I got a job at a at a, at a college, and now I'm I'm teaching at a freshman classes in college, I can't teach the same way. Not to mention. I can't teach the same stuff. You see? Now, the only way I would teach the same way and teach the same stuff is if I was locked into my own idea 
in my own vision. You ever had a teacher like that? I know you have. <laughs> I know you have. Those teachers who were just locked into antiquated ways of thinking, antiquated ways of, of doing things, they tend to be even the most um, opinionated, you know, um, because they're just, they don't know what's happening. <laughs> they don't know what's happening. And that's because they received an earthly vision and they acted upon that, but are not moving on their divine vision. You see a lot of times people like that inside of schools and universities because a lot of times people become educators to work out their own issues. I've seen that so often. You know, they, they say like some close to like 60% of the people who even get degrees in social work and psychology do it to diagnose themselves. You know, and then I've met so many women inside of schools who um, they're working out their issues with men in an environment where they can be in control. So they do treat the boys differently than they treat the girls, right? So what vision are they operating on? And they tend to get stuck in those old, crusty buildings. Know thyself, old man. They become old, you see? And again, it's not to disrespect anyone in those professions because I'm an educator myself. <laughs> so, so you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, anything out, outside of me in that sense. But I'm an educator because the creator gave me that vision. Not because I was like, oh, it'd be cool to teach people. Because I don't think it's cool to teach people. I think it's cooler things to do in life <laughs> you know so um that's all i wanted to share with you today you know you have to recognize that there is a promise in everything that you do and there are smaller what we would call them smaller promises and not really but there are compartmentalized promises and then there's a larger overarching promise and sometimes we don't receive that promise slash vision because we haven't respected the, the smaller promises. So now we're stuck in trying to make things happen for ourselves. And like I said, um, that's when all the finagling and the conniving, you, you have a certain vision for your career that the creator gives you, but you decide you want to follow your own. Now you're trying to rat on people and you're playing dirty politics on the job and all kind of stuff like that because you've decided to be Satan in that space. You know, I said that. When I finally left corporate America back in the days, I remember people asked me, like, you know, why did you were doing so great? Why would, why would you leave? And I left very abruptly. Like, I mean, like, P. Shannon, literally, like, one day, I remember being there, and I was just like, I can't do this again. I can't come in tomorrow. If I come in tomorrow, and I remember saying to myself, if I come in tomorrow, I'm going to be less of what I'm supposed to be in life. Like I just saw a part of my manhood just being chipped off and I wasn't, and I, and I said, I'm not going to be able to get that back. I felt it, you know, um, I saw it like this, this is, this is my transitional crossroads. If I come in here tomorrow, that's it. Like this, this is what I am. I'm just a, a corporate gorilla for the rest of my life. That's it. Right. So when people asked a lot of times, well, why did you, you know, like, man, you were, you were doing great. And, you know, da, 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 da. And, and I, and I say, because, um, I was tired of, of, of being a, a devil. I was tired of functioning like Satan in that environment. Cause that's what started happening. You know, I started withholding information, certain procedures I wouldn't document, you know, um, I, I'm, 
I'm archiving dirt on people and and stuff like that in case they try something with me. You know, all all those different dirty politics that you do in a, in a corporate environment. And I said I shouldn't have to do these kind of things. The, sure, the attacks are going to come. Yeah, the attacks are going to come. But these type of things are me trying to satanize. <laughs> You know, peace, Kenneth Williams. Uh, I guess it is two different people, unless you got two different accounts. I'm trying to almost, and I know it's not a real word, but I'm trying to Satanize myself just to hold on to a space that has nothing to do with me. You see, you'll find that sometimes in relationships, you'll find that sometimes where you live. You know, if you live in a in a place where you gotta have like 24 hour armed security and gates all over the place and five Watt Rollers you know, prowling your property, you might not live in the right place. You know, when you have to do all these different things in order to maintain yourself in the space, you need to sit back with repose and speak to your vision group. Is this in alignment with the promise that I received? This is, is this in alignment with the vision I received? Or am I trying to force fit something? Because when you try to force fit something, what happens, the creator shows you exactly what you have every time. Nothing bad happens, but you're just shown what you have. And then you can choose to rejoice or you can choose, you can choose to lament because of what you've been shown. I've seen it every time. I used to see it back in the days with guys who would worship their women or they worship their cars. You worship your car long enough, you're going to get in a car accident. I promise you. Your car's going to get totaled or it's going to get stolen and not recovered or somebody's going to come and light it on fire. Because the creator's going to show you you know this is just metal, right? You know this is just metal, rubber, and plastic. It's it's not a, a actual being. You over here worshiping your car. It's 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 not animate. You see, or you know your woman will will cheat on you, <laughs> or your man will cheat on you. You see, and you'll get the you you'll understand. How could you cheat on me? Of course you would scream that to your God. Of course, because your God is supposed to be faithful. And your God is supposed to be true. Your God is supposed to, to, to keep all of its promises. That's peace, Krishan. That's a part of the very nature of God, right? As you've been taught. So then you worship another individual and they do something or show an infidelity and you're going berserk because you've now syncretized that person with the idea of a God. So what a higher God, or like we say, the most high will do, they will show you. I'm just going to show you what it is that you worship. I'm going to pull the curtains back. <laughs> and you might come home one day and you'll see something that, oh, I didn't know I was going to see that. You know, you're more than welcome. More than welcome, you know, Mama Marva. I didn't know I was going to see that. Yeah, because you did, you know, the whiz. <laughs> you thought you were dating the whiz and you weren't willing to look behind that, that, behind that curtain, man. You know, so that's the advantage there with the creator whenever you're trying to follow your own promise you know and there's a there's a heavier calling on your life peace Benin bird bread I, I say that wrong every time and I'm gonna tell you why because I think of brain new the, the bay new bird you know but it's Benin bread I'm sorry um I'm not sorry I apologize you know um so that's what I'm saying uh talk to your vision group and if you don't have a vision group get one it will help you 
who will help you. You know, find people who you can be intimate and close enough with, you know, where you could say, this this is what has been shown to me, and this is what I'm, I'm moving on. And then, you know, then be accountable and humble enough so that when, thank you, I appreciate it, Benin, Greg, um, where you can be humble and, and accountable enough where if they check you, <laughs> say, hey, what, what are you doing? What, what, what's happening? You know? Um, where you can say, yeah, you're right, because I did reveal this to you. Don't start with the excuses. You know, I, that's so annoying. Oh, oh, well, it may look like this to you, but this is what it really is. No, stop. <laughs> Just stop. You know, no one is as deep as they think they are. Everyone thinks what, they're, what they concoct in their own personal plan is so far beyond anybody else's understanding, but... You know, as beings on this planet, we're just not as unique as we like to believe we are. That's just the ego at, at, at work. You know, we're not that unique. You know, that's why you can have a collective spirit of humanity. You can have even to some degree a collective psychology of, of humanity. Because we're not all that different, you know. Um, but, you know, that's not the idea. All right, so I just wanted to share that. And I also wanted to give kudos to those of you who participated in the solutions call. This is for our new members. I know it doesn't make sense to most of you. Who participated in the, in the our new call uh, yesterday. Um, I mean, the, the solutions for, for dysfunctional family relationships call um, yesterday. It's very important that we get that part right. Because, like, again, I'll reiterate, the family is the cornerstone of the nation. You can't, you can't get any of this right until you, you know, face some of those issues within yourself that are keeping you from being able to have a vision group or keeping you from being able to conjoin and, and get with like-minded people, you know? So um, it's really important that we hash that stuff out. You know, we can be as deep and spiritual as we want, man, but if we can't interact with each other and get along with each other, then that's that's the greatest sign of, <laughs> of, of, of our actual spiritual nature, you know? That's the greatest sign of how far we're really coming, you know what I mean? So, um I just, you know, want to give kudos to you all and, you know, who are reading the work right now and just understand that, you know, you have to read things and read them and read them and read them until you can fully synthesize it. Like I say, if you can't teach my book, you have not read it. That's for any book I've written. If you can't teach it, you haven't read it. Just going through it and reading it is not enough. I'm I'm not impressed by that, that you know, you know, your ABCs. That's great for you. But can you actually comprehend and synthesize and then give it back, you know, through your own perception and understanding, but based on the truth of what it is? You see what I'm saying? If you can't do that, read it again. Sometimes you don't need a thousand books on, on, on your shelf when you know you only have the, the, the ability to comprehend four or to retain four. You know, if, if that's all you have, then you just work with that. You don't have to, you know, who are you trying to impress? Especially nowadays, like I said, the world has grown. Nobody care about books on yourself anymore because they're all in the Kindle. You see? So the status symbols have changed. You come into someone's house and, ooh, you got a lot of books. You don't need that status symbol anymore. Cars are not even a status symbol anymore. It's just the music industry is trying to keep you locked into that stupidness. This younger generation doesn't give a crap about a car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Houses and cars are no longer the status symbols. Houses, cars, and books, and, you know, your phone. What kind of phone you got? <laughs> your chip. Because that's what your phone really is. It's your chip. People want to see what kind of chip you have. Ooh, that's a shiny chip you got. 
Right, what, what version is that? Oh, you got last year's version of the chip. You need to get the new chip. You know, we're going to wait outside online. You know, overnight, we're going to camp out to get the new chip. Yeah. So anyway. All right, everyone. So uh, be well today. Love somebody. Inspire somebody. Protect somebody. All right? Be safe. Be well. And uh, find your vision group. Peace, 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 peace.